Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. At long last, Chris, we are back, and this time by police order. Yes, every time I see a particular Seattle police officer, he stops me and says, when am I going to hear a new Next Best Pod? Big fan of the show. All right, so maybe not police order, but at least police encouraged to do the podcast. Uh, It's good to be back. There is so much to talk about, and I feel conflicted because this is my last day. I haven't even told you this. This is my last day because I'm packing my bags for Palm Springs. Let's go! (laughs) The job everybody didn't know they wanted to have, Chris. No, it's going to be a... Uh, I think a flight that a lot of people are going to want to take from Seattle to Palm Springs if everything goes according to plan for the Oakview Group, which, of course, you know, has been behind the new arena at Seattle Center and bringing NHL hockey to Seattle. And fill people in in case, I mean, it's people got summer on the, on the brain. They're losing track of things, perhaps, like the news here in Seattle. We're all focused on the arena and the construction and the hockey and where are they going to put the practice facilities, but now they're talking about the minor league and where that might be, and it sounds like it sure looks like they're headed to the, uh, the tropical desert. Yes. Is that the is that the Yakima of California? Is that I think like... there's a sign when you yeah. enter Palm Springs that says, now entering the Yakima of California. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll break down the wall. What's, what, what's been funny in, in covering this story over the years is I'm often juggling something else. And so this news breaks. Uh, Oakview and and Palm Springs really didn't do any sort of big press conference. Right. They just put out a simple press release. While I was standing on the floor down in Miami in the spin room with Jay Inslee. Way behind the curtain. Yes. You were literally standing there ahead of those... Uh, democratic debates that everybody saw. Yeah. It looked a bit like Comic-Con, the panel on stage where yes. there was 10 candidates. You were there live right when this news broke, so I actually saw on Twitter, hey, they're going to expand, they're going to have their their uh, minor leagues in Palm Springs, and I got that from you, from the Democratic debates in Orlando. Got all that, everybody? Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was funny because I had somebody, a uh, couple people yeah. give me an advance heads up, hey, just so you know, there's going to be this big news yeah. uh, coming out, and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm pushing, shoving, trying to get to Jay Inslee, uh, the Washington governor, trying to juggle uh, the debates and, and this news, and I think anybody who was looking at my Twitter feed must have thought that I was uh, it, it, I had a split personality like because the Jacksons. I, I was, was tweeting tweeting politics and hockey in Palm Springs and Seattle and all yeah. this stuff. But that's a long way of saying uh, what uh, the, to set up what this is all about. That there had been some discussion, had been out in the open, really, uh, and, but just not talked about a whole lot about what this Seattle group is going to do with their American Hockey League franchise, meaning their kind of AAA affiliate for right. uh, people who follow baseball. They're the, the next level, high level of hockey. The AHL has become a, a big thing across this country as well. But with a new NHL franchise, you need to have that team too. And so the, the group here in Seattle has been looking at places primarily out west where they could have this team and really had narrowed it down to Boise and Palm Springs. Right. And there hadn't been a, a whole lot more besides that. Boise has an existing building. Palm Springs does not have any building. And uh, there had been some some discussion down there for about the past year about an arena proposal um, uh, to build a 12,000-seat arena that could host events and hockey. Well, 
this all happened uh, almost like Seattle with two arena proposals. This one kind of comes up again while I'm standing on the on the ground down in Miami right. with this announcement that Oakview is teaming up with the the local tribe in Palm Springs right. to build a privately financed 10,000 seat arena, 300,000 square feet uh, that they hope to break ground on in February uh, to open in time for the start of the 2021 AHL season. With that announcement comes an application to uh, be the owner, be the operator of that American Hockey League franchise. So it's really kind of two things. A lot like what we've talked about in Seattle with a new arena and a new franchise. There still has to be a board of governors approval, et cetera, et cetera. But this group is clearly making their play. The Seattle group, the the Oakview group that has uh, backed the new arena at Seattle Center, making their play. They want to be in Palm Springs. They think that Palm Springs works with Seattle in terms of a two-hour shuttle up and down the coast with with players and managers and executives, and, and that it would fit nicely into the American Hockey League, which has multiple teams down in California, so you could have a Pacific division or California division uh, with the other teams down there. Makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people sure. in the Northwest, though, unhappy about the idea of, well, Boise, uh, which has a, a hockey culture and has had a team mm-hmm. for a couple of decades, but... I think what Oakview is is doing here is a lot like what they've done with the new building, the new arena. Hey, let's do it all new. Let's let's right. have that new car smell. Yeah. Let's uh, make it nice and shiny. And then down and down there, as you know, as a guy who follows the arts and entertainment, of course, there's a little thing called Coachella that I've uh, right. just this little performance art. What thing are we that talking about here? There. Potatoes or palm yeah. trees? It, uh, the decision <laughs> does seem pretty easy. And you're right, Coachella's down there. I mean, they've got a cool scene. It's a very intriguing choice. And and for Oakview, which really wants to do concerts, that is a perfect location. And so when you talk about private financing and, and putting a team there, boy, they're thinking long term about, hey, how many concerts can we bring here? Can we be part of this festival? Right. Uh, It's a stop that a lot of people, snowbirds, go uh, in in the winter, people from Canada. I've already heard that from people on social media. Hey, I vacation all the time in Palm Springs uh, during the winter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a lot of Canadians down there. There's some ex-hockey league players down there. So there is a a bit of a culture. Um, And and for Oakview, they're going into this thinking it makes a lot of financial sense. Meanwhile, as all of these... Things start to fall into place. Check, check, check. Right down the list. We're still in limbo regarding a team name, a team logo, even the color scheme. People are still guessing. I mean, we've got an XFL team coming to Seattle, <laughs> and they're already bantering about names. They've narrowed down their list to five, and I think that's down to about four now because one of those was already taken. So nothing. You're hearing no leaks of. of I mean, it's not the sea monsters. We don't know for sure what it's going to be yet. Huh? No, I mean, I think they're they're getting down to the nitty gritty in terms of. Uh, the candidates, uh, those names have not leaked out, and I don't expect them to leak out. Uh, but they're running them through the blender, so to speak, with marketing and and names and how the name is shouted in an arena, how yeah. it works with music, it really uh, does how it matter. works with slogans. I mean, sure. it's not it's not just an easy thing to say. Oh, it's going to be the Steelheads or it's going to yeah. be the Sockeyes. Now, what's the merch? Like? It, what what what, are the what potential negative nicknames right. are there? <laughs> I mean, do the Sockeyes turn into the Suckeyes? You yeah. know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so they're running through that process right now, and it's taking I think longer than they anticipated. I, I think if you read between the lines with some of the statements that have been said publicly by Todd Lywicki and others. There is a whole trademark copyright issue that they run up against. 
Sure. I mean, it's been pointed out to me by others. You know, the Steelheads were an early leader in the clubhouse uh, in terms of naming. Right. Idaho's team is the Steelheads. So got there's a there's a question of whether you'd be able to do that. What it what it would take if you really wanted to have that name. Right. So those are the issues that they're they're running up against, and it's taking longer. I think the last we heard from Todd Lewicki publicly, he hopes by the turn of the calendar page, meaning by the end of this year that they would be able to go public with that. Right. But, I mean, that that timeline, it, it's been pushed back numerous times. So we'll see. And I think those are the issues around the team name and the colors. Same question regarding, yeah, the colors. No, I find myself looking at logos more than I do anything else, and I've got my first case of Logo Envy. As much as I was on the fence about the rumors of, of Bigfoot somehow, it's yeah. a Sasquatch-related name, and maybe it will be, while that was fresh in my mind, I saw something on TV, and I got my first crush for a logo, and I thought, man, that's it. That's what we should take. It's even our colors in Seattle, and it would be a tip of the cap to the Vancouver Titans, which is an esports mm. team, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, that's on the rise. Uh, take a look at the Vancouver Titans. Oh, very logo. nice, very Sasquatch-like, yes, and it is yes. in that green and blue. And I saw that, and I went, mm, something like that. It looks very new, very modern, but. We shall see. We're all just going to have to be in limbo. Well, I, I think some people were reading tea leaves as well by a change on their website. Uh, NHL Seattle now has an official NHL.com website. Mm-hmm. The colors were more of a salmon pink mm-hmm. um, and black. I've seen that bantered around the internet. And, and so people are saying, oh, that means it's going to be fish named. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the case. I think they're probably just kind of working with some colors on there. I'm already having anxiety yeah. about wearing around these these salmon shirts and people going, hey, nice pink shirt. It's not pink, it's salmon. <laughs> that's well, one of those caveats you talked about. That all that stuff has to be run through the blender to figure out, yeah, is there any unintentional side effects? Well, and I'll, I'll give somebody a shout-out on Twitter, Sparky Chewbarky. Yeah. I have not met this person, <laughs> but they keep putting out renderings of uniforms and stuff. and logos and color schemes and how it would all work. And some of them you go, I actually think that's pretty good. And right that's there. a part of the process, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't know it until you see it. Sometimes you need to see it and hear it to go, yep, that works. Yeah. And, and there's a, a few of them related to, I, I think the Sparky Chewbarky is onto something in terms of the Jersey in that, uh, there, there have, there has been discussion about indigenous logos and kind of tipping the cap to sure. the native communities here in, in Western Washington. And, and I think that will be incorporated a lot like, what has happened with the Seahawks. Um, So I think that's one thing to watch out for. But, yeah, the process is taking much longer. And and back to the AHL, I mean, that was was one of the big pieces they needed to to try and figure out. This is another one of those pieces. The general manager is another uh, one of those pieces. The naming rights on the arena. They still have some pretty substantial announcements to make here by the end of the year. And then, yeah, next year in 2020 – it becomes all about construction, the construction at Northgate, potentially down in Palm Springs, uh, and uh, you know how, how far along they are in the process with the new arena at Seattle Center. Very shortly, you're going to see that roof propped up yeah. uh, as they build what is an entirely new building on that site. So uh, there's uh, a lot of milestones in the next six to nine months 
uh, that I think are going to be exciting. I think we're going to go through a dead period during the summer. Sure. Uh, but there's going to be some exciting things coming up. Meanwhile, Chris, behind the scenes, do you get the feeling, I mean, they have to be staffing up, right? I mean, at a certain point here, they're going to have to have a front office, a back office. They're going to have to have people at these practice facilities. I mean, this is going to create legitimate jobs. Yeah, no, they, they've made a few significant hires in the last month. Right. Uh, somebody who's in charge of the youth hockey program, uh, another person who's in charge of analytics and going to lead up the analytics uh, department and help with the hiring of the general manager, uh, human resources director, communications vice president. Uh, so they, they have made some significant uh, hires here in the last month, month and a half um, as they continue to staff up. I, I, I believe Todd Lywicki said uh, up in Vancouver at the NHL draft that uh, I think they're a little over 40 to 50 employees now, uh, up from, he said, four to five when the, the actual franchise was announced. Uh, so they're, they're going to boost into the hundreds eventually, but uh, they are, yeah, in a period where they do need to staff up too. Chris, as you said, we're going to probably go through a bit of a dormant period here during the summer where at least a big splashy news wouldn't be expected, although we ne- didn't necessarily expect the Palm Springs news, uh, as you pointed out. But what is next if we were to circle anything on the calendar? Are we waiting on any big news, any announcements? Well, any it, they, they did have the, the recent announcement, too, that I left out about uh, their first major sponsor. Um, I, I think that, that they're still trying to figure out the naming rights. That, that may be something that happens sooner than later as well as the general manager. Uh, that has been intrigue for people in the hockey world in particular uh, because uh, there's been a question of, do you want to hire that person this summer two years out? Do you want to hire them a year out? What have other teams done in the past? There, there's been a few candidates that have been bandied about uh, that have gone on and, and been promoted or, or named to another position. So uh, there have been candidates in and out of town. Whether they make that hire or not is another question. Uh, or whether they wait until the next cycle after this year. But I, I think there's some momentum that they, they want to hire a general manager soon, uh, whether that means tomorrow, next week, the week after, a couple months, I don't know. Uh, and, and then you have the naming rights. You, you have, uh, I think, the construction, which will be closely watched, especially by the NHL. So, right. you know, we were up in Vancouver for the NHL draft, and, and that is something uh, that – uh, this group, the city of Seattle, has openly said they want to host, especially the expansion draft out of the gate at the new arena. That is something that it means you have to have that arena done by June of 2021. Right. Because uh, that's when those events are held. And the last update we had from the folks in Seattle was June 1st of 2021 is their, their target date. So the NHL is watching that. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman told me up there he's got no concerns right now. Uh, they'll probably make a decision on that, I would assume, next year around this time on whether to award that. And um, so there there are a lot of things going on concurrently, uh, and, and it's going to get more fun, I think, for fans as they as they watch this and, and think about the possibilities, especially for the National Hockey League in Seattle. And as we inch towards this becoming a reality, Chris, uh, in an upcoming episode, I want to talk about the financials of hockey because this is a newer sport to a lot of people out here in the Pacific Northwest, they haven't probably watched it as closely as other parts of the country because we haven't had a team unless you root for the Canucks up north. Right. Uh, but I'd love to talk about the money behind the sport. Right? Not the money invested in the arenas and all of that, but some of these contracts. Every now and again, I'm starting to see these headlines and pay more attention to them now. And you'll hear about these contracts these hockey players are signing. And just like the NFL 
where you'll hear a, a player wants his number and you got to buy it off of me. You're seeing these storylines come down with people paying extraordinary money and I'll buy you dinner for a year. And so it'll be fun to dive into the money and just the kind of the kind of greenbacks behind hockey that might surprise people. Well, and I think one one storyline that's come up and, and this will be the kind of thing you follow when you actually have a team here. But uh, I'll give a shout out to Chris Johnston, uh, who who works up uh, in Canada. He did a whole piece about how the salary cap is is changing the sport and that these teams now, they, they sign these guys to these lengthy extensions and then run up against the salary cap and actually trade good draft picks to other teams to take the salary off their hands as opposed to you know trading them for a bag of, of uh, pucks or yeah. you know some low draft picks, but actually trading their good draft capital board game strategies, to, huh? to take – a salary off their hands, and that's happened a couple of times in this offseason. So uh, it, it's been interesting. I think this this sport is changing uh, in, in terms of these salaries and kind of the strategy with building a team because of the salary cap. All right, Chris, as always, good stuff. We know where to find you online, king5.com, or all over the social media. Uh, in the meantime, I think we should probably at least pitch to the bosses that we go scout the desert don't you think i mean we can't just do we can't just show up in palm springs as rookies we got to know what we're doing establish a studio a network affiliate figure out the traffic and and the best place yeah for the studio and where you set up on game day yeah you think the boss is gonna go for it i think i think sweeps is coming up all right let's give him the puppy (laughs) on us all right on twitter and instagram and next best part that's the worst name i ever heard this is the exclusive ending of the next best podcast